All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. We had about a week off, but we are back. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm always good, man. Excited for the schedule release tomorrow. The draft was everything I wanted it to be, so doing good, man. Yeah, multiple-time returning guest, Nick. Nick, how are you, man? Uh, pretty good. Glad to be back. Yeah, we uh, just recently had John for the WrestleMania predictions. That was fun. But uh, now we're talking ball, talking NFL, and we're gonna we're gonna kick us off here with uh, basically here's here's what the run of the mill is for today. We're gonna talk some Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna talk a little bit of our personal uh, team's draft choices, and we're gonna talk some other team draft choices, what we liked, disliked, and then we're gonna give some uh, way too early, if you will, power rankings going into the NFL season. The schedule release coming out tomorrow, which is uh, always really exciting this time of year. So. Let's go ahead and kick us off. I'll uh, hand it over to you, Brad. Let's start Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. What What are your uh, – this has been beat to death. We all know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to get some backstory. Let's just go in and uh, start it off. Aaron Rodgers, stay, go. What's your, what are you thinking here? Um, I think go. Um, whoever's fault you want to put it on, Packers or Rodgers. I'm sure there's valid reasons for each one, why they seem right or why they seem wrong. but. To me, it just seems like the relationship's fractured and everybody who seems to be close to the situation from the Packers organization seems to kind of feel the same way. They hope and they want Aaron Rodgers to come back, but realistically, it doesn't seem like he's going to. The one thing that's crazy, though, is Aaron Rodgers does not have a no-trade clause. So if it is gone and the and the Packers decide it is over, they can trade him anywhere they want. So whoever gives a good offer... So that's the crazy thing. We've seen a lot of players recently, you know, talk about, I want out, I want to go here, I want to go there, this is my landing spots. But Rodgers can't do that. He could be shipped off anywhere, so it makes it kind of crazy. But I do not think he will be a Packer this year. Is there a team that you see, everybody's talking Denver, but is there a team that you see as a front runner as far as what situation makes sense? Um, You know, I think Denver would be good. I think Las Vegas has some interesting things. I don't think it's a perfect fit for Aaron Rodgers, but I think there's a lot of sense for the Packers organization being able to get Derek Carr and some other stuff. Um, if it's before the trade deadline, you know, we listen to Colin Cowherd. I think the Giants are a very interesting spot. I know I've been high on the Giants or higher than most people the last few years. If Daniel Jones really doesn't work with all the weapons they just gave him, I think Aaron Rodgers in the Big Apple, I think that would be awesome for the media. It would be great for New York. It would be great for Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Packers could get a lot of draft picks, which I think that's what they want in the end. Yeah, yeah. Nick, what are you thinking? I know you're, uh, you're a Lions fan. Aaron Rodgers obviously means a lot, um, not necessarily to you, but in your grand scheme of things. What do you got here? Uh, well, uh, I think he's going to one, because I just really hope 15 years is long enough in my division, get out of there. But, um, ever since last season, when they drafted a quarterback after making an NFC championship game, they had no interest in giving him help and wanted to replace him. And I really feel like this last season was kind of a, let me show you why you messed up goes out, wins the league MVP has a crazy year and once again, no wide receivers in the first couple rounds, but you're going to draft his replacement instead of try to get him a weapon. I just, I, I think he's gone. Everyone seems to be leaning that way. So, 
Well, I'm in a. I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily locked in that he's staying, but for the for contrary of what you guys are saying, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go opposite side of the fence. I think he does stay, and here's what makes sense to me why. So recently, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, Devontae Adams just recently came out and said that if Aaron Rodgers isn't here, I'm not. I'm gonna have to look elsewhere as far as where I'm gonna sign my next contract. That gives the Packers pretty much a heads up. Listen, you're not going to have just some people's opinion, the best quarterback in the league. And to some people's opinion, the best wide receiver in the league, you're going to lose. And they're easily top three or four at their positions. Easily. That's not even arguable at this point. Um, You're losing two of the top offensive players in the league. And when the, the top 10 comes out for the NFL this summer, I think you'll see both of them in the top 10. So you're going to miss two top 10 players in the league. What do you need to do to keep Rodgers? I think you need to pay him a little more. I think you need to give him a pay bump. Not, probably not Patrick Mahomes' money, but darn close. I think he needs to be upwards of $40 million a year. Okay? I've heard a lot of things about the whole, you know, I know Colin said this a few times, bringing Julio Jones. Well, that's a Band-Aid. That's a one-year fix. You need something a little better than Julio. Uh, because I don't think Julio's signing a long-term deal there, nor could the Packers afford to sign him long-term. Um, ultimately, I think the Packers will find a way to get whatever it is that needs done, whether that be fire the GM, whether that be give a pay bump, whether that be trade for assets. They'll get it done somehow, some way. Um, he's the best player that's ever played for their their organization, and that says something when you've had two Hall of Famers and Favre and, and Bart Starr. So, um Anything else on Favre? Or, um, wow. <laughs> Anything else on Rodgers? No, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. And um, we'll just see if he refuses to play, because I've heard a few reports that said he would be willing to pay the <laughs> the, the year of his contract to him to, to get out of there. It so, was like $24 million, right? 20, I think it was 23 and then some change. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, just about. But either Jeez. way, it's, um, it's interesting, especially with the whole Jeopardy situation. It's a wrinkle that's yeah. not not there in most cases so it's I, interesting i wish i would have googled this for the for the start of this pod i don't know how much hosting jeopardy brings in i think he would make about 20 20 mil 15 to 20 mil is that what alex trebek was bringing in a year 20 million no uh i don't know oh actually i don't want to say no i don't know but i'm just saying that aaron Rodgers, because of his personality his pedigree how popular he is he would bring in a lot ask. of pieces. Probably he a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. Out of I Jeff. think he would get more than somebody else would. Yo, you're probably right in saying so. That, so yeah. I'm just saying I think he could drive a hard bargain with Jeopardy because he's smart, he's good looking, he's super popular. He brings in a whole different group of fans that would watch it just because Aaron Rodgers is the host. Yeah, and uh, it was it was fire when he was on there before. So it just adds an interesting element. Yeah, here's another thing about it. Uh, what do you guys think about Green Bay trying to, you know, kind of appease Rodgers, maybe going after Odell Beckham? I mean, all three of us talked about Odell that, Beckham movie. That is, a more, that is a more reasonable trade piece rather than Julio Jones. Julio Jones is like the easy one because his name has been thrown out a bunch. I think Odell's a potential landing spot, but I just feel like if they wanted to do that, they would have done it. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, it's a weird. I mean, situation. you can make the argument Cleveland wasn't ready to make that kind of move yet, but I mean, the the team had success last year without him. It, it seems like they could move in a direction without him and get some type of draft capital or whatever to replace it. But I feel like Adams and Odell Beckham might be enough to 
keep Aaron Rodgers happy and willing to stay another couple of years. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I'm mean, he's, he's gone too, he's but set up. he take a lot. I mean, we we already know relationships don't matter much to him, so I wouldn't be shocked if that was it. So let's uh, let's move on to the draft. We're gonna we'll talk a little bit about you know what your favorite team did, what they didn't do, or uh, what another team around the league did or slash didn't do. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with you, Nick. What did the Lions do that you literally liked? Um, it seemed like for once we were actually interested in building a team for the long term. You know, I've seen online facebook you know group pages whatever a lot of people are upset oh they didn't take a wide receiver and i mean yeah it would have been great getting one but realistically the lions are going to be one of the two or three worst teams in the league next year they have to dismantle that defense that patricia put together and have to start from scratch and what's the best way to start if you can't get a quarterback to rebuild a team it's in the trenches we have a guy that everyone's saying is an all-pro talent and soul moving forward. Uh, two nasty defensive tackles to go along with uh, Michael Brockers that we got in free agency. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're still missing a, a few skill positions, but as far as what we could do for the long term, I loved our draft. Is there another team that you uh, that kind of sticks out to you? Maybe they, they killed their draft. Maybe they were terrible. Um, I, I'm gonna hate to say it cause it's in division, but I'm a little worried now with Chicago possibly finally having a quarterback. That's, uh, if Justin Fields pans out, that dude is just going to be the Messiah in Chicago. That defense is nasty. And I mean, he's, he's got a lot of potential if he can pan out. Are you saying that they might change the name of soldier field to Justin's field? Oh boy. Oh boy! Uh, that was too far. I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> that was a lot. I'm sorry, guys. I've been waiting to say that on the pod for a week. <laughs> no one said it. I haven't seen it anywhere on the internet. I haven't seen anyone say that. How has that just missed everybody? That Soldier that, Field that, could be just a to make that joke. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I thought that was a home run, baby. I don't you know. know. You know what? <laughs> Perfect. It was dialed up. You smacked it out. <laughs> <laughs> not quite a grand slam but definitely a three-run shot so everybody gets one all right brad we know you like the steelers what'd they do what didn't they do let's hear it um maybe we can have one complaint that we didn't address the cornerback position but the steelers had quite a bit of needs um Najee harris was a home run pick the fact that he fell to 24 i think that was a no-brainer really thrown for quite a loop when Pat Freermuth got drafted. But I did see that taking out Kyle Pitts out of the situation, he was the best tight end. Um, Kyle Pitts is a whole different animal. Um, we have one tight end that's supposed to be able to block, one that's supposed to be able to catch, and neither of them did that well last year. So we get a guy who can, can do both, it seems like, out of Penn State. Uh, we addressed the O-line at third and fourth pick. Kendrick Green, Dan Moore Jr., left tackle, center. Um, I think both of these guys are going to work well. Buddy Johnson was a uh, Dick Buckus Award finalist for Nation's Best Linebacker out of Texas A&M. Steelers can't draft enough of those guys. So I was really happy with the draft. We got some offensive linemen. We got a running back, some extra depth at linebacker. You know, tight end maybe was a back end need, but when a guy like that falls to you in the second, 
I have, I've never really had a reason to not trust the Steelers in their draft process. We seem to turn out draft picks every year with the occasional miss here and there. But um, I loved our draft. We'll see how the corners hold up. But, um, you know, there's a Facebook post in our group that the Steelers may have the number one cap space next year. Um, we'll see what happens to that after TJ and Minka. But we still should have some cap space to send. Maybe we look for a corner next year in free agency. But if we're going to have Big Ben, if he's going to be our quarterback, we're going to have to help him out. We can't just let him, you know, die back there. So adding a running back, tight end who can block and catch, two offensive linemen, feel like our GM's doing right by Big Ben. Um, exactly we know that, what I feel like, yeah. We know that um, Kevin Colbert, who's been our GM since 2001, after Ben signed a one-year extension, our GM signed a one-year extension and publicly stated he's gone when Ben's gone. So he is going to do everything in his power to help Ben on this last hurrah, and then they're both going to leave in the next two years. And I say next two years because people we really do not know if Ben is going to be done after this year. Um, we'll see how it looks on the field. But first four picks, we're all on offense, helping them yeah. out. So, absolutely. Uh, is there another team? I know you. Uh, you're a draft guy. You must have paid attention to what some teams did or didn't do. Yeah. Um, I think everybody likes the Browns draft. Um, I don't know about the whole thing, but their first three picks, I mean, they nailed it. Cornerback Greg Newsome, awesome talent. Jeremiah Usakormo, I think he had a blood issue that came up like a day before the draft that kind of pushed him back for yeah. some. They said they put all the draft heads together and there was a less than 1% chance he'd reach the 30th pick and he went 52. That's absolutely incredible. And then in round three, I know they have enough wide receivers, but Anthony Schwartz did have the fastest 40 time in the uh, combine or any draftable player. And um, I will have to say, though, I think my favorite draft was the Los Angeles Chargers. I know they did some things in free agency that help it, too. But, you know, counting counting the free agency, you know, the center, Lindsley, mm -hmm. the Packers, getting Rashawn Slater at left tackle, a guy like Brendan, I believe his name's Jameis um, from offensive tackle, Nebraska who's got a little bit of an issue, but he's a very, very big guy, strong. Asante Samuel Jr. in the second to get a corner. Uh, Derwin James comes back off injury. Hopefully we can see him play again because he was lightning in a bottle his rookie year. Um, really like what the Chargers did um, to protect Justin Herbert. So those would be my two teams, the Browns and the Chargers. Well, as far as New England goes, um <clears throat> We watched the draft together, and I, I was pretty gung-ho that I wanted pretty much one of two players at the 15th spot, and I was really hoping Trey Lance would fall that way. And if it wasn't Trey Lance, then I wanted J.C. Horn. Uh, Trey Lance went off the board at, like, pick three to the Niners, and I think Horn went off eight or nine to eight. to where – Yeah, eight. So uh, come 15, I had a feeling, and we all had kind of had a feeling that it was going to be Mac Jones, and it was. Definitely not disappointed in the pick. Um, I'm willing to see – any pick uh, play their timeout and, and earn their spot. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you follow a team like the Patriots and you've had success for 20 plus years with um, what definitely all new Englanders would say is the greatest quarterback ever. Um, it, any next quarterback is just, is less than, but at the same token, you're, you're wanting them to be the successor and, and succeed and, and uh, bring, 
bring value to your, your franchise. The one thing I will say, though, is, you know, obviously taking a quarterback in the first round, you don't get you don't get to upgrade skill positions. You don't get to upgrade depth and things of that such nature because you're a quarterback in the first round. It's for the future. Everybody knows that. Like you're just you just anticipate that that's what the case is. The fact that they were able to get Christian Barrymore out of Alabama and trade up in the second round and snag him away from from the Bengals, I thought was huge. Uh, we we did two different mock drafts um, the week before and the week. Uh, the week leading up to the draft, and we had Barrymore going in the first round both times, and a lot of people had projected him in the first round, and he he goes number thirty-eight to New England. I thought that was absolutely huge. Um, you know, there's a lot of needs in New England, probably linebacker and edge, and they adjust both of those, getting Ronnie Perkins with pick ninety-six out of Oklahoma, and that was what some people say a little bit off the field issues, but if those clean up, he's a, he's a dynamic player. So I guess we'll see where uh, where that goes. And Bill Belichick drafts uh, a couple of Bama boys, a couple of Sooners, and another Michigan boy after drafting three last year. So um, he clearly knows what he likes, where he wants to draft, and he wants that championship pedigree and, and uh, wants his players to be hard coached. So as far as another team, I was definitely also going to go with the Chargers. I absolutely love their draft. We've been talking about the Chargers now since the beginning of last year. and um. I will say this, since you took the Chargers, I've I, I've been beating this drum and I'm gonna continue to beat this drum. The Panthers, I think, you know, we had, uh, uh, goodness gracious, we we had uh, the Panthers fan on a couple weeks back, okay? And oh, he Anthony wanted, Deboy. Thank you, Anthony, and he wanted he wanted Rashawn Slater. Slater ends up falling to the Chargers because they took J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn is an incredible pick. Baller. And he stays in Carolina. He's from South Plano, played college ball there, too. I'll defend it. I think it's a great pick because last year, the Panthers were really good, but they were terrible in the back end, getting burned. by. And they were going up against Brady and Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. Obviously, they, they lost Brees, but... Who knows if Jameis is in there? Jameis has a cannon too. I think it's a great pick. I think Carolina is doing smart things. They also, clearly want to keep building defensively. Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round. He had a yeah. bad last year in college, but don't forget about what he was for two years in college. That's a great pick at four, in the fourth round. Yeah, that's that's yeah, fantastic one-two punch there. And if he can be something of a Curtis Samuel lookalike they're not going to skip a beat because I think Chubba Hubbard can be that guy that can be in the slot and catch those out routes and things. That's a sure. He's probably doesn't have the hands that Curtis Samuel did, but he can definitely be that running back slash scat back. And they can kind of mix in Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel doing, you know, putting those guys wherever they want and kind of disguising it. Um, so yeah, I like, I like what Carolina is doing. I'm going to keep preaching Carolina until I see something I don't like. So, I actually didn't say this team because I thought maybe one of you two would, but I don't want to overlook the Miami Dolphins. They had two picks in the first and two picks in the second, and I believe all of them will be starters week one. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Jalen Phillips on the edge, Javon Holland at safety, and Liam Eikenberg tackle out of Notre Dame. 
all four of those guys are, I feel like, can't miss guys. And they got four picks in the first 42. So, of course, you're going to get some good players there. You're talking about the Patriots trading up to get their second pick at 38. Their fourth pick was at 42. So, the Miami Dolphins had a great draft, but it was almost like, you know, you couldn't really miss with four picks in, in the first 40. Too, yeah, so. yeah, Miami is definitely one of the obvious ones that had a killer draft. Obviously, getting a ton of they had top, they had four of the top fifty players essentially, you know, and the Jags obviously getting two cornerstones, not just a quarterback but also a running back in the first round, and what most people believe will be cornerstones for them for the next eight years. Spontaneous question for any particular team: Did you guys have a top move of the draft? whether it be the 49ers taking Lance when they thought it was Jones or a team that maybe traded up. Um, I know there's an obvious one, Nick, you already mentioned, you know, the, the bears coming up to get fields, yeah. but I really loved the jets aggression to get Elijah Vera Tucker for Zach Wilson. It seems like the biggest problem they had was not giving enough weapons or protection to Sam Darnold. And it seems like they're kind of going overboard but that was my one of my favorite moves of the draft is when the Jets traded up to take uh, Vera Tucker out of USC. I thought he was a great player. I didn't think he'd let make it to their second pick. Um, I mean, as far as moves, this is going to sound you know kind of strange, but th- thank God for Jacksonville's sake they didn't overthink that pick. So many teams try to you know act like they're the smartest guy in the room, but take the franchise QB that everyone loves. I mean, I, I could just easily see if that was Detroit, we'd have traded out of the top 10 somehow. And, you know, Oh man, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if there's been a no brainer like him in a long time. Since Andrew Luck, probably. Him and Andrew Luck are the only two I can think of were that obvious. But didn't, didn't even Andrew Luck came out with RG3, and it was still kind of like... Well, people loved RG3, but they all said, yeah. without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah. there's there still Andrew Luck. Gonna take Obviously, no. Andrew yeah. Luck, I don't think. A lot of local listeners to the pod, I know you guys were jumping out of your seats when you saw the Joker still on the board and the Browns trade up to get him. Uh, if you didn't know, I think a lot of people are starting to call him Joker. His name's Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. It's not very easy to say, but the initials would be J-O-K. So some people are calling him Joker. Um, but, man, he's going to be a phenomenal player for you guys. That was a great trade-up. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, I'll go back to what you said about the Vera Tucker move from the Jets. Getting, getting him there, they traded up to 14, okay? I believe, so 15 was New England, and then 16 was... Cardinals. The Cardinals. The Cardinals easily could have taken him there. Okay. They needed to move up. They really did. And New England could have taken him. Would they have? Probably not because they still needed that Mac Jones or that quarterback. But New England just lost Joe Tooney. And then to be able to plug in Elijah Vera Tucker would have been huge. I think the Jets were very smart to move up. Yeah. Obviously, the move of the draft, though, Nick already said it. It's Justin Fields going to the Bears. The Bears understood what their problems are. They've tried, I don't want to say they've tried their darndest, but they've done a lot of things to fix their quarterback situation. Over the last several years, we've seen um, they traded up to get Trubisky. Didn't work out. They went and got the former Super Bowl MVP in Nick Foles. Didn't work out. Even just a couple of years back, and people forget about this, they went and paid a backup quarterback in Mike, Mike Lennon. Lennon. 
a ton of money. And I don't even think he ever played. Okay. It's just a really bad QB situation there ever since Jay Cutler, really. I mean, and Jay Cutler wasn't great for them. He did take him to an NFC championship game, but Dalton this off season. What's that? Didn't they Andy sign Andy Dalton this offseason? So they yeah, signed Andy have... Dalton, but it's an extremely affordable deal. It's like one year for $8 million. I mean, that's oh, no, great backup quarterback. About, uh, you know, them having QBs all over the place. It's just odd that they once again went and paid another QB in free agency only to draft Fields. And, I mean, I think Fields is the better player. Well, but it's you, draft, you sign Andy Dalton to a one-year deal because you don't know if you're going to be able to trade up for one of these quarterbacks. They did have the 20th pick. Going into the yeah. draft, you sign Andy Dalton to a one-year, eight million deal, and you don't lie to him. What they said is true. I believe you're going to be the starter, but they're going to be in camp. Justin Fields is going to light it up in camp, and then they're going to say, "What, a- Andy? Man, you can't have three bad quarters in a row." Andy Dalton's going to be up against it this year. He has one bad game, or may- maybe they come out of the gate in week three. They're they're 0 and 3. I mean, it's going to be very quick for Justin Fields, I think, to be in. But Andy Dalton was an insurance policy. Clearly, they don't like Nick Foles. They brought in Andy Dalton in case they couldn't trade up, and Justin Fields falls to 11. And I think he's going to be electric in the NFL. I really, I'm very excited for Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, let's say this: we've had uh, every team has con- con- conducted their 2021 NFL draft, and Free agency, at least the hot period, is pretty much over. People are still signing undrafted free agents and picking up, you know, scraps and bones and things like that at such nature. But the schedule comes out tomorrow. Why don't we uh, go ahead and we'll give our top 10 teams, kind of our way too early top 10 teams going into the season, um, who we like, who we don't like. I should say who we don't like, but these are our top 10 teams that we feel are Super Bowl bound, essentially, you know. Um, Top third of the league really is going to make the playoffs. So these teams should all be playoff teams that we're given. Um, I'll go ahead and start off. I'll let you guys all listen to mine, and then you guys can go from there. Number 10, I love this team. Uh, I'll be talking about them throughout the year. I know Brad was talking about them all last year. It's the Chargers at 10. Uh, Herbert's a dog. We all know that. They went and addressed the offensive line. They're kind of doing what the Bengals, quote-unquote, didn't do, and they're protecting Herbert. And that team's been a top 10 roster now for three or four years. It still is that today. They get a ton of pieces back. I like them at 10. Number nine, call it a homer pick. I'm ready to defend it. New England Patriots at nine. This team went seven and nine with the absolute worst weapons in the entire league. There wasn't a single team that had worse weapons than them. And they upgraded and got two Pro Bowl level tight ends. They went and got a couple of speedy receivers. And honestly... Whether it's Cam or Mac Jones, I think this team is easily. Um, I think they're eleven and eleven and six in this this coming year. I think that's I think that's well within range. And if not, they're ten and seven, and that's still probably a playoff team. So um, I got them at nine. Coming in at eight, I love what they did offensively this year. I don't love what they've lost defensively, but it's the Rams. Stafford to the Rams is. Yeah, I think it is. It's the number one offseason acquisition by any team, in my opinion. Uh, dra- probably that and Trevor Lawrence. But Matthew Stafford's number one. The, unfortunately, they lost a starting corner, a starting safety. Um, I think the Rams are still anchored by, by Darnold and Ramsey, and they'll still be very good at eight. Coming in at seven, and the only reason they're this low is because I just don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, but it's the Packers. Um, 
they did enough in the draft to remain good. This team was in the NFC Championship game last year, and I think they will probably be there again if Aaron Rodgers is there, um, and we're assuming he is. But they're just they're down at seven strictly for that. Six loved this team last year. Uh, I think we all talked that their floor was like 14 wins. Unfortunately, they were decimated by injuries. It's the Niners. The Niners come in at six. They get Grappolo back. They get Bosa back. Um, Warner will be there. Uh, they've done enough in the draft, and they've gotten better and better, and they went out and got Trey Lance. I think even if Jimmy goes down, I think this team's going to be all right. Niners at six. Coming in at five, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, this team in number four could probably be swapped, but the Seahawks are, I mean, they're, they're the, the leader in the NFC all year long, and then all of a sudden they kind of collapse at the end. They went out and got Everett. The tight end, I think that's a huge move for them. They did enough on the offensive line to get better. I got them at five. Four, maybe too high for some people, but it's a top three roster in the league. It's the Browns. This team is, I'm going to say it now, and I'll, I don't, I'll back it up. This team is Baker Mayfield away from the Super Bowl. And I don't think that's crazy to say. You put any other average quarterback, you put Matt Ryan on this team, this team's winning the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's better than Baker. He's average quarterback, but he's better. So, Cleveland Browns at four. <laughs> three this is this is the third best team in the league but in my opinion it's by a long shot like i think they're just so much better than everybody else four five six whatever the buffalo bills josh allen absolutely catapulted out of a rocket last year a cannon whatever you want to say exploded and they went out and added emmanuel sanders another offensive piece uh, they went out and got a couple of edge rushers so they know what their flaws are we'll see if they can run the ball this year but they're gonna be really good Two and one, pretty easily. Um, I'm going the same, same thing as the Super Bowl. I'm going Tampa at one, Kansas City at two. Kansas City was literally decimated on the offensive line, and they rebuilt it from scratch, and it almost looks like the best offensive line in the league. But I keep them at two only because the Super Bowl champions returned everyone. <laughs> That's my list. Who you wants go to ahead. go next? You can go ahead, Nick. All righty. Um... Starting at number 10, I have the Seahawks. Uh, they, Like you had said just a minute ago, you know, they started the season so hot and then just fell apart. And I wanted to put them higher, but they didn't fix that offensive line. They didn't have a pick until toward the end of the second round and got another receiver, which I thought they were pretty good on. But just because of Russell Wilson alone, they're going to be in the top 10. Uh, number nine, I got the Bears, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yep. Uh, I mean, that that's a top three defense in football still. And all they were missing is QB play. And I feel like if Justin Fields comes in and is even a middle of the road QB, their floor is 10 wins. So I have them at nine. Uh, number eight, I have the Colts. That's uh, another team that had a great roster, a great defense, but seemed to be missing in the QB department. They went out and got Carson Wentz, and, I mean, he's been injured, but, you know, when he's on, he's on. He's, what, three years removed from, you know, about to win a regular season MVP, but then missed the last two weeks of the season. Yeah. 
got them at uh, number eight. Number seven, I got the 49ers. Um, you know, all three of us were high on them last year, as you mentioned. But you, you can't have three quarters of your team on the IR and expect to be competitive. So I think they bounce back big time, whether it's uh, Jimmy or Lance at the QB spot. So I think I think they're going to have a pretty good year. Uh, number six, I have the Browns. Like you said, a top three roster. I don't think Baker Mayfield's necessarily the one and only problem, but they do need better QB play before they can think about getting into the top five. Uh, number five, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you, you know, when you've got a running game like that with a QB that's only getting better in the pocket, I, I just, that, that's hard to stop. I mean, I know they've choked a bit in the playoffs, but I, I think they'll be just fine again this year. My surprise pick, number four, I have the LA Rams for a guy that has watched Stafford's entire career, he's going to show the world why they were so excited to get him. Um, I, I think that, you know, they are obviously all in with trading all those draft picks away. I think they don't have a first round pick for four seasons and it's because they're deciding their time is now. So I have them at number four, number three, we have the Buffalo bills which uh, I was not as high on as you guys were last year, and I said Josh Allen needed to show me. Well, he did by a lot, and he's, you know, he, he's probably going to be in discussion as a possible Dark Horse MVP candidate this coming season, so I got him at three. Uh, number two, I have the Bucks. <laughs> I, I have I have the Bucks. Uh, I mean, yeah, they returned everyone, and I think they're the class of the NFC right now. But number one, I have the Chiefs, and I have them number one over the Bucks because you just gave this transcendent quarterback who's rewriting record books and rewriting the rules on how to play QB. You just gave him possibly the best offensive line in football to go with the most explosive wide receiver in football. And that defense doesn't get talked about enough. It's not elite, but it's solid. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, know, I was going to put the Buccaneers at one, but I mean, give me Patrick Mahomes with an all pro offensive line. I mean, oh my That's God. fair. That's fair. 50 points a game. If there's not- going to be one team you put at one that's not the Bucks, that's the only acceptable answer, I suppose. But yeah. starting the list, I gotta, I'm got i doubling down on what I said last year. The Seahawks aren't making my top ten right now. They're just not. I don't like the Seahawks. I don't like any piece of them, and they're coming in fourth in their division this year. And I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk to me about it. But, but, but they're coming at fourth, but they're still 500 at least. Actually, they, they, nobody can be 500 anymore. They're over 500. They're a 9-8 and eight football team. Would you agree? Isn't that crazy? You can't be 500 anymore. <laughs> they're not going to be They're not nah. going to be positive. And fast forward one year to next summer, it'll be where's, where's Russell Wilson going? He's okay. going to leave for real next year. Because anyway, Seahawks, not on my list. Start us off. But, um, another team which has the same similarities to the Seahawks in terms of started great and finished 
poorly. You guys didn't think I was going to have the Steelers on this list. I knew you would. You didn't think oh. I'd have the Steelers. They're going to be number 10. They, they, they had a bad running game. They fixed their offensive line through the draft. They got rid of all the, the offensive linemen that were old and aging poorly. Got a new offensive line, new running back. Wide receivers were never the problem, but they could probably be on TikTok a little less. And say what you want, that defense is top five in the NFL. At number nine, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, everything they do with their all line. I was all over Herbert, over Burrow last year. Now, granted, Burrow was still amazing. Yeah. But Herbert is, was fantastic. Really like to see what he could do. Number eight, I'm going to go with the Colts. They went with their first two draft picks, beefed up their front seven, which really needed it. They got a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. And a guy that just might need a fresh start but stay in a dome, I look for this team with the number one cap space to go after my guy Julio Jones. This is my landing spot for Julio Jones. T.Y. Hilton's on a one-year contract. Michael Pittman, is he the future? They got a speed guy from Ohio State who's been getting hurt. Julio Jones maybe goes back to his collegiate number that he wore at Alabama, comes over to the Colts. I think that would be a fiery move. But even without him, I have them at number eight. Number seven, I have the Rams. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Matt Stafford. I do truly believe he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, and I believe almost everybody listening would agree the same way. But it starts and ends with the defense. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and everyone in between. Now, they did lose two pieces in the secondary. I think that's going to hurt them. Um, but the Rams are going to be a very good team and they are also going to finish higher than the Seahawks in that division. Uh, just like number six, the 49ers. I mean, we can't forget. I mean, people were yelling out 13 and three, 11 and five is their floor. And then a nuke went off in their locker room. They lost everybody. All those pieces are coming back. I think this team has a lot of swagger. A lot of people overlook the fact that they signed Alex Mack who played for Cleveland, played for the Falcons. They got a Pro Bowl center now. They got Trent Williams, George Kittles back. The running game always finds a way, and that defense, it's going to return, and it's going to be very good. Number five, the Cleveland Browns, and why not? The Cleveland Browns were amazing last year. They were, uh, you know, a couple plays away from beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, I believe they might. They are going to be the AFC North division winners. At least that's what it looks like. And, you know, we'll see if Baker can keep it going with Odell Beckham Jr., but they have so many weapons. They could lose a starter at every single section of their team and still be top five at every part of it. It's crazy how well they're built right now. Nobody wants to play the Browns. Um, I almost put them ahead of four. Uh, I have the Packers. Um, I'm treating it as if Rodgers is there because he still is. You know, by the way, the Packers fall out of my top 10 if Aaron Rodgers leaves. I don't I, he is the team in my my eyes. So they're going to be at four. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were their kryptonite last year. And that's unfortunate. They're in the NFC with them. But that's that's going to be four. And number three, two, one's pretty unanimous. I have the Bills at three. Um, they're fantastic. Josh Allen's. You know, I was a guy I, I believed in Josh Allen. I didn't need to see it out of Josh Allen. I knew he could do it. Uh, he still exceeded my expectations. I'm not going to say I saw this type of performance, mm -hmm. but I really liked what I saw out of Josh Allen years ago, and obviously Stephon Diggs, home run. I'm going to put the Chiefs at number two. Um, I agree with what you said, though, Nick. What they did to their offensive line is amazing. They still have Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, 
And I don't care if their defense is solid, mediocre, or okay. They have the number one offense in the NFL, in my opinion. And then uh, number one, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks finally got a quarterback, Kyle Trask. So now that they have quarterback play, I think they're going to send. There's absolutely zero reason, guys, zero reason. We, we have the Packers in our top five. We have the Chiefs in our top five. They beat them both in the postseason. They won the Super Bowl, and they return everybody. Even if you want to think that, you know, maybe next year it'll be a little bit different or maybe after we see some things. But there is nothing that you can say to me that would make me not have them at number one. They're the defending Super Bowl champs and they're returning everybody on the team. So yeah. there's no reason to not have them at one, in my opinion. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs are very good. That's the only team that, that can stop them. And I'll say this. There's going to be times this year that Tampa doesn't look flashy, just like last year. They're going to struggle at times. Okay. Because Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady's going to be forty five, I think. No, forty four. The NFL, though. I mean, it's every the team. NFL, you lose. But come January, when you have to lace them up, nobody's going to want to play Tampa because they're going to beat you. I mean, it just is what it is, and we'll go from you know, there. Here's but, the scary part with that is I don't think any of us mentioned it. For Tampa to go on and win that Super Bowl with everything that happened with COVID. They put that team together, you know, over one off season. Yeah. They had training camp. They had well, no season. I mean, it was just. I say they put the whole team together because, I mean, it what Brady came I mean, in, sure. Is, I, they had but, Godwin. But the they two pieces had that played with Brady, I, I mean, I don't. Well, time out real quick, Brad. Brady was new. Gronk right. was new. Brown was new. Gronk wasn't new to Brady, and neither was Brown to Brady. I mean, those pieces are already established. Winfield was new. Fournette was new. Who had a great Super Bowl on the defensive line, eating. I don't want to take away. I don't want to take away the credit that they did, but I don't want to blow it out of proportion either, because I feel like the Tampa Bay Bucks were extremely predictable. With COVID, they're going to have a slow start. I think they were what, like seven and five. And then they had a bye week, they they got it together, and then they were exactly – I mean, nothing shocked us. They came in as what, the fifth seed? Yeah, but some people thought they were going to lose to Washington week one. Well, no, they put them on upset alert because of the matchup, but once Alex Smith left, there was no chance. And even with it, it was just people rooting against Tom Brady. Of course, yeah. They had their convictions, but even me, I even point out, like, due to the matchup, it poses a problem. And it was the same thing with the Packers. They didn't blow them away. Packers forced three turnovers and and you know Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done so I just what they did was amazing but someone had to every team was dealing with COVID but I know I know they were new but the pieces Brady brought with them weren't new and then it's like oh man but they all had to learn each other yeah they do but when you're all that high level of players Chris Godwin Mike Evans you just you get it it's not like I I agree with you on that I guess my point was is this season, they're going to come into it with an off season. Yeah, they're going to. No one wants to into see a preseason game. You know, you know, they're going to have the things they didn't have last year, and I feel like Tampa Bay was one of the teams that, you know, COVID ruining the off season was, you know, that's one of the teams it was the most detrimental to. Bringing yeah. in a new quarterback who's only ever run one system in his entire life coming in to do a Bruce Arians offense where he has to accept he's occasionally going to throw interceptions, it, it, bringing in Leonard Fournette literally, what, the day before the season started? When you've got talents on your team like Scotty Miller 
just set you apart. Bowling Green State, baby. Just set you apart. So no, I saying it, it was it was. I'm sure it was tough for them and having a new quarterback, but I just feel like when you're that high level of a player, you're Brady, you're Mike Evans, you're Chris Godwin. You got you. you just get it. You're just not, you, you. You just get it faster. But I mean, yeah, I would, I agree with you completely. I was just you know pointing out that they did not have that, and now they have the advantage of having that off season together and you know, adding those pieces bit by bit rather than just, you know, okay, what are we going to do week one? Everyone had to deal with it, but I feel like Tampa more so than most teams were negatively affected by it. I do feel like they got a little bit of a schedule break though. I mean, when you go into your bye week and have a chance to really bring everything together and then you get four scrimmages afterwards, or is it lion Falcons twice, the Lions, (laughs) someone else. They really got, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from their Super Bowl run, but you know, they, they got the Saints out of the way early when they, you know, they lost that first game and it's like, yeah, well, COVID, we're, we're new. And then they have some tough games and then, you know, they show their potential and beat the brakes off the Packers. They lose a few more. They go into the bye week, regroup, really figure it out. And then they play teams you almost can't lose to. I mean, it, when you're the quality of team that the Bucks have in personnel, period. So they barely had, I mean, it, it just worked out for them. And then when they got in the postseason, you know, Sure, they made mistakes, but the other teams didn't make them pay for them. And when you make a mistake against Brady, I mean, say what you will, he makes you pay for it. So they won the Super Bowl. All right, enough, the for the Bucks. enough for the Bucks for a second. So Nick had the Ravens. I did not. You did not, Brad. Where are you at in the Ravens? Are they 11, 12? Where, where are you at? The Ravens are an extremely difficult team, but don't scare anybody in the postseason. That's why I can't put them at number 10. There's 14 teams that make the postseason. And quite honestly, I felt even last year, the AFC is a gauntlet. That's it why is the, an absolute gauntlet. That's why the best prediction for who's going to win the Super Bowl is Tampa. I mean, you could believe in the Bills or the Chiefs or, I mean, anyone. But the AFC, I feel, is so much more difficult as a division. I mean, 11-5 and five Dolphins team was left out of the postseason last year. Um, I just think that, you know, when the AFC was drawing teams, I think people were secretly saying, I hope we get the Ravens. I don't think they scare anybody. Until, I mean, they've they got a new wide receiver this year, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. But un, I don't know. I think there's just a way to beat the Ravens. I think there's a way you can slow them down enough to stop them. And say what you will, Lamar Jackson's fantastic. But, you know, when, when, when you have weeks to prepare for him or it's the postseason, it just seems like he's not quite there yet. Not saying he won't be. But I think the 10 teams on the list, I think, all have a better chance than the Ravens. Who is your 11? Do you have one off the top of your head, or do you have one written down? Or I don't have one off the top of my head. I, I'm really harsh on the Seahawks and Titans. I think they're both going to fall back drastically this year. But, I mean, as much as I just kind of talked bad on them, I wouldn't really be opposed to putting the Ravens at number 11. I know I flirted with the idea of the Cardinals. I think they added some good pieces. Um, Washington didn't get a quarterback. Uh, Do you think Miami's cracking that top 10, maybe? I really need to see Tua play football. What do you think, Nick? What do you got in Miami? You think they're close to the top 10? Um, I mean, I personally left out the Packers out of my top 10 because I'm under the assumption that Rodgers is gone. And that's fine. Uh, I left left it low. If he's he's there, they're definitely somewhere in that top 10, probably flirting with top five. Uh, So I'd say they're my 11 team right now just because we don't know what's going on with Rodgers. But – I mean, you you got 
you got the Bills in that division with Miami, and they're a much better team. I think the Patriots are going to be much better this year with uh, all the players that sat out on that defense with uh, everything going on with COVID. I think they're going to be a lot stronger this year, regardless of quarterback play. Um, it, it's going to be a tough road for Miami, but I could see them. I don't think it's this year, but I think they get somewhere between seven to nine wins. I don't think they're ready quite this year, but I think Miami can get seven to nine wins somewhere this season. I really do. Okay. Well, guys, that pretty much uh, wraps up what we had planned for today. We talked a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. We talked a little bit of uh, post-draft stuff. We know we're not going to get into the grades and all that. We talked a little bit of our team, some other teams, and uh, we kind of broke down the uh, what our opinions are on the top ten teams in the league. Pretty much everybody had Tampa and Buffalo and, and Kansas City there. So, uh, you know what to expect. We're ready to talk some more football probably next week, and we will see you guys next time. Brad, thank you. Nick, thank you. Thanks for Thanks listening, you. guys. Later.